0: Hey fans we all love some good music a variety of music what if we could bring chris will studios to you 24 7 that's a long work schedule maybe but you know we just might have it the best variety of music for multiple decades live on your phone 24 7 with our gay orlando live online radio station
1: better known as go live download the tune in app and search for go live or go to chris for more info
0: so tune, tune in, in.
2: worldwide. (laughs) Feel the hits. Go live. Go live. Go live. Welcome. Thanks for calling.
1: Just don't hang up on me. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, the most listened to radio show
2: on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too.
0: Hello world. Hi. It's another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Do you want to hear a joke about paper?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, never mind. It's terrible. <laughs>
1: Season four, yes, with special guest Larry Strauss.
0: Welcome, 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 welcome to another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Yes, thank you guys for coming back once more. How are you? Bride officially kicks off in a couple of weeks, you guys. Totally excited. Oh, we are extremely excited. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about all that excitement plus life experiences. Ah. Yes. So, gosh, um, we have our Orlando screening coming up on the 29th.
1: Oh, my goodness, yes. Be sure to go get your
0: free, free tickets for that event. That's on our website. Plus... The Pride Cup and One Magical Weekend is coming up. Oh, uh, yes. Our first meet for tea gathering. Yes. Ooh. We're excited with Blythe Beck. Oh, yes. Go please. get your <laughs> tickets for Pride Cup at kindredpride.org Uh-huh. And one weekend.com That's coming up. Plus, we're gonna be going to Hollywood. L.A. Pride.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes.
0: We're going to be doing all that fun stuff, and that's going to be the weekend after One Magical Weekend. And then after that, we're going to be up at the East Hamptons doing a screening. And then the weekend after that, we're going to be in New York for another great Pride extravaganza. Ooh. And then, gosh, we have stuff going on every weekend and even throughout the week from now until November. Yeah. We got a lot going on. And then even after that, we take a tiny little break, and then we got a 14-day excursion. Nice. Yes. Yes. So we are excited. You know, this past week, everybody celebrated Mother's Day. Mm Mm-hmm. We had a little Mother's Day gathering for everybody's mothers except for our own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> his his mother, uh Well, y- yeah, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. leave just, that one just, alone. Yes. Uh, my mother, of course, is out of state, so yeah, that didn't work. Um uh, but uh yeah, it was really nice. We cooked, we played cards, we yeah. lost at cards and <laughs> uh we had a good old little time. So how was everybody's Mother's Day? And if you didn't celebrate Mother's Day, did you have fun on Mother's Day either way? Yeah. Great weekend, I guess. Yeah,
1: exactly. We've heard
0: a lot of great stories from different people about what they did for Mother's Day and surprises that they got for Mother's Day. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we're very excited about that, hearing all that. And um, yeah,
1: so. What- it's really good when you're actually really surprised. You know, because then it's like it's not like you're you think there's a surprise. No, like you're actually really surprised. It's an amazing feeling.
0: Yeah. I mean, the element of surprise. Now, I'm not big on surprises because usually people can. Uh, can't usually they don't really work out very well. I'm not big on surprise birthdays, only because Willie, of course, have tried to do surprise birthdays so forever, many times. and people never showed up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. And you know what? That's been the sad thing of my life. Ever since, unfortunately, ever since I was a kid, I always had to celebrate my birthday with Father's Day, which was not necessarily a great grand thing. Um, you know, my father and I didn't get along, so there was a reasons on there. And two, it's just, I had a lot of friends, but they were always no-shows. So I guess they weren't really friends. And then even now as an adult, when you try to do birthday parties like that or birthday gatherings, only a few show up and the ones that do, of course, we love that. Yeah. And, you know, but when we try to do a bigger gathering, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So, especially when it's friends. So, you know, I'm sure if I did something with the general public, it'd be different. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll get this glamorous, lifestyle, famous birthday, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Only one could wish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, our week was good. We did that. We've been busy. Um gearing up for a long coming up weekend, and plus the next couple of weekends for things going on, and then a summer filled with Pride events, and trying to get all that done, plus we're trying to get the launch of our network ready so we can get that in promotion. Yeah, yeah. We got other projects coming out, a lot of other things that we've got to start planning for releasing, so it's constant all day long. Guys, let me tell you, this is a, this is our life, okay? Yeah. We go to see a movie, And we're getting phone calls and messages in the middle of the movie. I I have to turn the phone off. But we can, we will also get phone calls at midnight or one in the morning. Not that it's a bad thing, but that's our life. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really get much vacation time. Yeah. If you if you grant it, we really don't have much time off. But uh, but we love it. We're happy once as opportunity knocks as some says you you take it as it goes yes and you roll with it that's right and you might hear the rain from outside because it is finally raining here in
1: florida yes.
0: <laughs> so we're very excited about that yes. so we're going to keep doing the rain dance you know <laughs> so uh so yeah well this episode is so exciting we got a lot of stuff going on we're not going to do the Pride in Numbers segment this week. We're going to do that next week once we get some new information from L.A. Pride. Mm-hmm. We're teaming with L.A. Pride, and they're going to be give us some, giving us some new updates. So we're going to start that in the next episode. So we're going to go into our first topic, which is life experiences, which could be grand, which could be bad. Um, you know what? The first topic of it is like family moments.
1: Yeah, you know, that one, it's, I won't say it's bittersweet, but it really depends on who's, you know, your family situation, I suppose. But, I mean, if you have, if you're fortunate enough to have that really great family, you know what? It could be a moment to where you're just really all sitting together, and it's so basic and simple. Yeah, you know,
0: know? I think every family has uh, good family moments, even through the bad ones. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I think a lot of the bad ones override the good ones. And depending on how severe the bad ones are, um, that could play effect on whether or not you rethink those great moments you've had with family. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, family doesn't necessarily have to mean your external, your internal, or blood-related family. Right, it could yes. mean anything from your friend's family, your acquaintance family, uh, your your work family, any sort of family that you connect with,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: they can be considered family and you can have the best moments.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: You know, we have a lot of those, but a lot of different people that we work with and a lot of different people that we've worked with in the past on some, when we used to do theme parks, we built a lot of families off of that. Mm -hmm. Now we have Hollywood families and we have business families. And we just like having those conversations. Mm-hmm. We really generally love those conversations. And that's kind of like going into the next topic of talking about like Mother's Day. Well, you know what? Mother's Day can be the same thing. If if you're having family issues, you can always celebrate Mother's Day with someone else who can, who say, states that they are your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And you can still have those great grand moments. and. Um, they make memorable moments. I mean, Willie and I have a lot of memorable moments when, uh, and we, we're trying to resurface a lot of this when, you know, when life was hard for us, we would always go to walk at different places and we'd mm-hmm. go to the resorts a lot because, of course, we live near Disney World and we've always lived near Disney World. And um, we would always go walk around the resorts and just chill or we'll have picnics yes on the resort sometimes we will do that yes um we would do that when we'd go to hollywood we'd always used to love santa monica beach
1: oh my goodness absolutely love santa monica beach we would
0: do that no matter where we went we always tried to find a place to go walk and chill
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and um, that was great for us that was those were great moments childhood memories you relive that through we relive that through what we have here in our her house mm-hmm. and some of the old stuff that we collected and listening to the eighties musics and reliving those moments Oh yeah, with people that you grew up watching or you grew up with in a sense. Um, and then of course, adult memories, boy, that rain's coming down. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> then of course, adult <laughs> memories. I mean, Willie and, Willie and I've had great memories growing from playing in the parks and stuff like that. Well, and, you, and I'm going to tell you this before you start, I'm going to tell you this. It wasn't always grand, because even when Willie and I first started uh, to be together, uh, they, people would always bash us and always pin us against each other, and it would always claim one was the devil compared to the other. Those were just people that were just not happy with decisions that we made. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and that's unfortunately life. Well, actually, you were almost reading my head there for a moment, because I really, you know what, I mean, you kind of need that, the same but different to make it really come together. I know that sounds like a complex thing, but really if you think about it, you know, if you're thinking about, okay, well maybe this person's going through this and this and that because only you met them for how long, you don't know. You don't know what that person or that couple has gone through,
0: No, you
2: you know?
1: And the fact that they're relying on each other or they're there to support each other, you, you know, each one has their own strengths and what may appear to one as, oh, well, they're just getting in the way or they're just manipulating or they're controlling. No, it's not like that. It's actually when that one other person is down and they can't get out of a slump. That other person needs to do certain things or distractions or certain methods.
0: What's interesting is a lot of people would ask, you know, you guys have got so many great things going on. How do you have time to feel depressed and stuff like that? And I'm like, that's not hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not hard. You know, it's a very silent, silent, quiet and alone world Uh because the more successful you become, Mm -hmm. the more people part ways from you in a a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and you know it kind of feels good sometimes to when people just out of the blue hey you want to go have dinner with us or you want to go do this with us I mean oh my gosh you almost be left in tears because Mm -hmm. that generally never happens yeah Um, yeah we get invited to go to people's houses and stuff like that it's not like it doesn't we do but you know It's, 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 I wouldn't say it's a rarity because I don't want the ones that are listening to it think that, oh, well, they don't do it enough. Um, It's not, you know, the ones that, the ones that should be doing it are the ones that are not doing it. Exactly, yes. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's a lonely world. And, and, you know, everybody says, well, if you need anything, just call. You know what, you know what, if, if that was even a case or an interest or a thought when somebody's going through that, then we probably would have no depression at all. (laughs) But you have to stop and think about it. A person that's depressed and going through some, some shit in their life. The last thing they're thinking about is who they're going to pick up the phone and call. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I've done that before when I've gone through the lowest of my time. And do you know what I've been told? I was told that, oh, well, we've already been going to bed. We're already going to bed. Can I call you tomorrow? Or they don't pick up the phone or they'll text you. What do you need? And you're like, oh, all right. never mind then. Mm -hmm. This, it shouldn't, you know, and I I love it when people sit there and post this stuff on Facebook that, you know, oh, my door's always open. A drink's always available to you. If you're depressed and you need somebody to talk to, you know, you can find me. But then when you talk to them or send something to them, it's like silent. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, guys, the easiest thing about Facebook is that you can post anything and say anything on Facebook and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think we're kind of, we've all kind of grown up enough to know that um, if you don't follow it with action, then it's pointless. And posting it on Facebook and telling everybody to repost it or share it oh is not, is, oh, it please, doesn't work that way, guys. Please, yes. It, it Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work that way. A simple pick up the phone, call them, a simple, you know, hey, I was just checking in to see how you're doing. That's, that's the way it works, you yeah. know. And we go through that a lot. We go through that a lot. And it's, there's a lot of quiet moments and sometimes they can be very dark. They can be extremely extraordinary dark. And it doesn't matter how successful we become. You know what? Darkness doesn't see success. Mm
2: -hmm. Darkness
0: is going to be there one way or another. And the thing that you have to fix yourself to do is to put light in that darkness. Yes. You know, and darkness doesn't see physical things and, and it doesn't see material stuff. It doesn't see that. It doesn't understand... Facebook. It doesn't care about what you post on <laughs> oh, Facebook. Yeah, it doesn't. You know. Did
1: you almost say fake book? Because yeah, I it was is like, fake book. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Think of it this way. <laughs> Darkness is deep inside your soul. Yeah. So if your if the phone is not directly at that person's ear then the soul ain't going to hear it. Uh-huh. So you're not going to get them out of it until the soul hears what love is all about. Yes. Period. Yes. But anyway, let's go on to child memories because, you know, we're going to be a little bit of a time. But um, the best thing I love about child memories are teachers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I still
0: talk to my elementary teachers because, yes, they are still alive. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you. And I still talk to them. I still message them. They still message back. I'm so happy about that, that they're still in my life. And I always give them cre- credit, which you should. Yes. Because, because of them, I was able to build myself to who I am today. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm very grateful for that. And... I think as much as I did not like grade school, as much as I really hated grade school, I think because of how they managed to get me through it is important. Mm-hmm. Is important. So I think that um,
1: I think it's you know uh, teachers
0: should be given a lot of credentials.
1: Yeah, you know the ones. because well, well, with my experiences, there were some that were not as helpful, but the ones that were and that found that way to connect with you. And, you know, say, hey, hey, you know, basically somebody who not only is teaching you, but says, I believe in you,
0: you know? Oh, yeah. And they're excited about the things. Yes. Of, they feel privileged that you've gone through this. And that and, you're sharing
1: your life yes. with them. And, you know, I, a, I yeah. think
0: that we the world discredits teachers a lot, especially in this country. And I think they're very important. And I, I really think that the teachers should be allowed to teach. Their way. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, there are some bad teachers. Yes, there are, and I think there needs to be a system that sets up to get rid of them. But at the same time, there are a lot of great teachers, and I think if if the government allowed the teachers to teach their format in their way, I think we'd have a lot of intelligent people out there. Well,
1: yeah, because it's outside the box.
0: It is outside the box, and I think that uh, you know, I I think that you know, parents should also take part in teaching their kids too cuz that's well that's you a know, that's yes. a given just yes. cuz you have kids <laughs> and send them to school that doesn't mean that you're out of teaching them life right period. <laughs> exactly but um but yeah so and and you know and I think that's what makes Chris and Will stand out is the fact that you know that we've had great teachers and we teach each other too Yes, and you yes. know um I've always I did have an interest of wanting to be a teacher growing up Oh. And I got that interest by being a trainer at a at a at a theme park.
1: That's right. And yeah. that's how I was
0: able to teach. And even then, I did a great job training my team. Mm-hmm. And even then, I still ran into problems because the company didn't like my training methods. But they ended up becoming one of the be- some of the best performers the company had. Mm-hmm. And it's like ah,
1: jealousy. I'm gonna just say that. Um, well, you have to. You have. Uh, I think an excellent and amazing teacher is someone who, fine, you have a class of, and this is school, but you have a class of almost like 25, 30 students, but that teacher can point out every single student and knows, you know, okay, how am I going to get through to each individual student?
0: Everybody teaches, everybody learns differently, yeah, and everybody teaches differently. And I think that, um, you know, I was never an advocate book reader I didn't like to read books and now it's part of my job and you know so it's an interesting read to read some of these great books that change your life in so many different ways Mm -hmm. yeah and um you know but um but yeah so gosh and child memories again we talked about growing up and all the different things The music, the light, just the life in the 80s and 70s and 80s were so great. It's
1: that feeling of freedom, I think, as a child, because you're just like, you listen to the music. And for myself, you know, I, I didn't at that time, I wasn't really as familiar with like artists names and things like that. But I noticed that it carries over into different things like movie soundtracks, video game soundtracks, even it though- It does, even, and it was yeah.
0: before technology advanced. And yes. now that technology's advanced, it's like people have become so lazy and just they just don't have memories anymore because their ass is glued to the couch or their ass is glued to their phone. And it's just like, gosh, quit already. You know, If I, I hate having to do business on my phone while I'm gone but I don't have a choice. I can't shut it out because if I shut it out, then that means I'm gonna be in the office all day. And I don't like to be in the office all day. And I just think that, um, you know, at Epcot, they used to say take responsibility in technology and we just went, forget Mm -hmm. that, forget that, but. uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: but on that note, let's take a break.
0: We're gonna be right back.
1: Today's commentary is brought to you by
0: when you know when we say unconditional love which is non-restricted in a way and then you say conditioned love which is restricted do we think that that applies for family yeah Mm -hmm. we are born with a destiny a destiny given by a faith strongly felt but sometimes not seen so here i am reflecting I mean, it's not like it matters. I spent my entire life waiting, just waiting.
1: My parents screwed, royally messed my life up. To say that is just wow.
0: I mean, if if. If you got caught being gay, you were on the list to get the crap beat out of you, even possibly killed. I mean, that's...
1: I had already moved out, end of story. She didn't agree with it. So what happened was she basically outed me in front of the whole entire college. You are who you are, accept it. And as you would say, love yourself and the world will love you in return.
0: Peace be with you, they say.
1: And it's it's hard to trust and hard to open up because you don't know if you don't know if when you say these things out loud, if people think you're crazy, you're not. And I know I'm not.
0: Being who you are is what God insisted for you to do on this earth. Why does it seem like our destiny is always to survive? How does one's life become an American story? So it's 19 years, everyone. Yay! Happy anniversary, Willie. Happy anniversary, Chris. This August, don't miss the Cali New York Live original film, the documentary of Chris and Will, The Real Prince Charmings, coming to theaters fall of 2022. For more information, go to chrisandwill.com, Chris and Will's new streaming network, Cali New York Live, coming summer of 2022. chrisandwill.com for details. I miss cooking, and I definitely miss feeding you. I'm Chef Blythe Beck, and I'm going to change all of that. I am offering in-home cooking classes. That's right, we are cooking via Zoom. From coast to coast, north to south, east to west, we are reuniting families, loved ones, kids, couples, you name it, we're cooking about it. Any cuisine, any time of the day, you just let me know. Let's get in our kitchen, let's cook together, and let's love on each other. It's a great way to stay connected while socially distancing. I can't wait to cook with you and your family.
1: Go to TheBlytheBeck.com for details.
0: Chris and Will here, introducing you to connect yourself to the talent you didn't know you had. Join us as we highly recommend
1: this fantastic art studio. Drawings, smartphone photography, oil paintings, and more are waiting for you to learn, create, and connect at the Audilliers School of Art.
0: They have classes from pre-K to adult courses. You can take your courses either in person at their studio in Royal Oak, Michigan, or do what we're doing and take them online via Zoom.
1: For more information or to register for your course today, go to AdelierArtStudio, or you can go to chrisandwill.com for the link. Adelier School of Art is waiting just for you. Contact them today. The
0: inaugural 2022 Pride Cup is taking place June 3rd through the 5th at and around Walt Disney World Resorts. Join thousands of LGBTQ athletes in Orlando for a magical weekend of exciting competition, all while celebrating the 30 year plus tradition of Red Shirt Pride Days at Disney. With over a dozen sports to choose from, including supporting the One Pulse Community Rainbow Run, the Pride Cup is open to all. No matter what your skill level, you're guaranteed to make new friends, have fun at the world class parties, and bring greater visibility to LGBTQ athletes. For more information about playing, volunteering, or supporting the Pride Cup, visit www.thepridecup.com. Play with pride.
1: Now back to the show.
0: Don't forget to check out our website to get all the upcoming events and to be sure to get your tickets. Some of the tickets you have to buy, but some of the tickets are free. So make sure you
1: check that out on our official website. That's right. And then once again, our official website is christenwell.com for this event and others. Tickets are available now.
0: Yes, of course. Well, today on this show
1: to continue our
0: week of Mother's Day and our life experiences, we have a wonderful guest. Speaking of a teacher. Yes. He is an amazing teacher. He's actually a high school teacher, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, yeah. And he is the son of former actress, the late Charlotte Ray. Yeah. Which a lot of you may know, she played Mrs. Garrett on The Facts of Life. Yes. We love Mrs. Garrett. He has a new book out, best-selling book called light man Ooh. oh it is very good yeah it is very good he talks all about uh, life with his mother uh life uh in general and things that he how he educates his students mm-hmm. as well high school students out of all high school students right yeah today's type of high school students exactly yes um he's also an opinion columnist for the guardian H- huffington post i can't talk <laughs> and uh he has also written some episodes from the 80s version of the Transformers cartoon.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. So we're
0: excited to have him on the show. So Larry Strauss is going to be on our show in just a couple minutes. So sit back, relax. Larry Strauss is coming up.
1: Chris and Will, introducing you to an amazing getaway. For the first time, we both treated ourselves to a day of pampering. If you're in the Tampa,
0: Florida area, then please make sure to treat your own self to a day like we did at Spa Nirvana, a sanctuary for face and body, a spa day for men and women.
1: The staff is so friendly. The place is clean. Looks amazing, and the best of it, they're following the safety guidelines during these current times. Truly a professional environment. The cost isn't bad, neither. Make your appointment today. Imagine a day where you can get the most incredible stress-free relaxing massage, bodywork, facial rejuvenation, and microdermabrasion. They have so much more to offer, including their signature facial services, including an aluminum oxide-free crystal microdermabrasion facial the lifting facial of mature skin, and the most comprehensive, purifying, deep cleansing facial. Plus, you just can't beat the environment of soothing music. Healthy snacks and drinks, and you just have to see it for yourself.
0: Guys, it's totally worth it. This is a weekly thing for us now, and I can't wait to go again. This is a Chris Will Highly Recommendation.
1: Spanirvana.com is the website. You can go to chrisandwill.com for the link as well. Spa Nirvana, 811 Court Street, Clearwater, Florida 33756. Call 727-447-7546 to make your appointment today. Services are by appointment only and they are filling up fast. So treat yourself, your inner self, to a vacation day at Spa Nirvana.
2: Hi, I'm
3: Cami, and I want to tell you about one of the most amazing places in the world. Give Kids the World Village. It's a magical place where kids with critical illnesses come from all over the world for one amazing week. They get to visit Central Florida's coolest theme parks, celebrate
2: at nightly parties, and enjoy delicious meals. And it doesn't cost them a thing.
3: To learn more about how this magical place works and how you can help, visit givekidstheworld.org.
0: The Prince Charmings of podcasting is finally going on tour. Yep, it's your time to meet with us and learn so much more about us. The summer of 2022 is when it all begins, and we have so much planned. We'll be doing media broadcasting events, special appearances, and even wellness events.
1: Our show, What About Our Life, is touring with our good friend, Chef Blythe Beck, and our me tour will feature free screenings of our film, Chris and Will, The Real Prince Charmings. We hope to see you all there and learn so much about our Charmers. For advertising and sponsorships for any of our productions and events, simply contact us. Go to our official website at chrisandwill.com, on Instagram at chrisandwill, or on Facebook at The Real Prince Charmings for all the dates, tickets, and other contact information.
0: The official Pride Kickoff event is back. June 2nd through 5th is Florida's return of the largest circuit party in the South and the only circuit party events allowed at Walt Disney World. Let's celebrate Disney's 50th magical celebration by showing up in red and in huge numbers. It's the hottest events, the magic and pride that is back during one magical weekend. Don't miss Riptide, Typhoon Lagoon's nighttime party. Varsity at the House of Blues, the Gay Biz Expo, 24-hour pool parties, the all-new wig party and so much more is waiting for you to attend. Join Chris and Will all weekend long on June 2nd through 5th in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Tickets are selling fast, even the Host Hotel is sold out, so make your plans now. Go to OneMagicalWeekend.com for tickets and details or go to ChrisAndWill.com for the links. We will see you at the return of One Magical
1: Weekend. We are honored to welcome author Larry Strauss. Hi. Good, how are you? Oh, we're doing great. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. happy to be with you.
0: Yes, I wanted to I wanted to ask, well, how was your day at school? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting. Uh I uh I, I'm really so happy to be back teaching in person. Um oh, and I
2: bet.
3: you know, the kids are happy to be back. It's just it's been great. Um but we just we had an interesting we have every every, <clears throat> every uh year we have the the sh- the sheriff's department. Somebody comes out and talks to our kids, you know, sort of warns them about The dangers in the neighborhood and what's going on so that's always that's always very weird and disconcerting
0: (laughs) i bet i bet i bet and you teach uh pardon me if i'm getting this wrong you teach english in high school right yes wow how long have you been doing that if you don't mind me asking
3: no um i've been teaching english at the same school for 30 years
1: (laughs) Wow. wow! Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Really, like big kudos. Like,
3: yes, that's a, that's,
1: that's incredible. Really, I mean,
3: it's it's quite an adventure. I, I actually, one day, I'd, I'd like to like to publish a book on it, just because the my own experience has been um, particularly interesting. Because the school, it's almost like I've been at three different schools. The school's changed so much over the years, yeah, in uh, in good ways and. You know, and also in ways that that are a little troubling. We used to be a school for at-risk students who were, you know, uh, at risk of dropping out and criminal uh-huh. justice. And we had some really hardcore kids. And schools changed a lot. Now we're like the college prep school, which is great. I mean, the kids we teach now are, you know, so much more fun to teach, but right. they're not more fun. It's just you know, you really, you really feel there's less of a failure rate. Let me put it this way with us. Yeah. I mean, you know, you feel like a great teacher cause the kids are, you know, a lot of them are just, uh, you know, really good students, but, you know, at the same time, like who's teaching the other kids, <laughs> yeah. used to teach, you know, it's not like, it's not like they don't exist anymore. And that's something that's um, that's, uh, that I've noticed my wife's in, in, uh, Uh, she teaches college now but she was a high school teacher also and she was also an alternative ed ed student and she saw the same thing um in in school she worked at which is they always sort of drift away from the original mission
2: Uh it's like
3: nobody really wants to teach the kids who are hard to teach which makes sense but it's kind of sad you know and I, I kind of miss it I mean I never it was never my it was never something that interested me to get away from that, but, Uh you know, but, but, but it's what happens. And, you know, for me, I, I, I still, you know, I, I'm still in touch with students from back in the early days. So, you know, I'm always reminded of just what can happen if, you know, how much, how much it can mean to somebody, you know, who's now, you know, who's now a college educated professional who was at risk and who was not easy to teach and not easy to deal with but yeah you know, but it was worth the effort right. and yes. uh, so I'm reminded of that all the time
0: well that's good that's good you actually should write a book mm-hmm. uh about that experience cuz you don't hear much about it and you guys and teachers have such a great story to tell and an inspirational story at that because, you know, I still talk to my uh, teachers from, gosh, I was in grade school, what, almost 20-something, over 20-something years ago. Mm-hmm. And I still yeah. I still talk to them and I still remind them that, wow. you know, in, a, in yeah. a sense, it's like they were my hero because they gave me advice that I use today. And they're like close best friends that, you know, though they're a lot older than I am, I, I just... I love talking to them and spending that time because I'm like you just don't know what a difference you made in in my life. So you know, you guys do such great work in doing that, and so I I I, I put a book in your future. I demand it. I demand <laughs> it. <now.
1: laughs>
3: All right, thanks. At least I have one reader.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, you sure. got
1: two exactly. readers, actually. <laughs> um, oh, okay. that better. And I, um, just a second, what Chris was saying real quickly, um, same thing with, like, I have a teacher that I had when I was in um, high school. And, like, you know, I did something that was a first for the school. And, like, years later, I reached out to her. And she's like, "Um, you do know you're responsible for what you're doing now. And I'm like, no, really, you're the one who like yeah. got me out of that, like, normality. And like, you know, you've got something, you've got something, yeah. you know, and
0: it's just it's just wonderful. It's yeah, a, that's absolutely that's great. That's great. Well, you have an interesting story to tell. Oh my I love goodness, that yes. And, you know, uh, let's just start off with our listeners, is that uh, you are the son of the amazing Charlotte Ray. Uh, your mother was... Gosh, she, she was incredible. I never got to meet her. So it's, it's an honor just to get to talk to, to you. That's part of her DNA. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the fact that she was such an incredible woman, even on screen. And I heard nothing but incredible things about her when people met her in person. So, Let's go mm-hmm. into a little bit of that before we go into your sure. book. Um, you know, let's talk about that life with your mother. What is, you know, what what can you tell me would be the most memorable thing that you you recognize the most with your mother in and out of
3: Hollywood? Well, for me, of course, you know, she's <clears throat> she's a very different person. <laughs> you know, she was with her <laughs> friends, too. Right. She was to... People who saw her on on, uh, on television, but I, I will say that there were times when the two, you know, the two people were kind of one and the same. I mean, she wasn't. She was, she was a very. She took she took her art very seriously. She worked very hard as an actress, uh-huh. and um, and you know, and always wanted to separate herself from the person, but at the same time, the you know, the actress from the person, but at the same time there were a lot of moments where, you know, you'd see, you know, comic Charlotte Ray in the, you know, in the family or in the home or, you know, where she Uh just, you know, she had expressions where I'd suddenly, I look at her and I'm like, are you selling something? Like, is this a commercial? (laughs) You know, you know, she was so in the, there's a picture. I have a picture. She, she had it on her wall for, um, for years. Um, we went to um, it was like a, a we went on a, we went on a trip. My girlfriend and 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 her and I, my mother and I, we were going to go oh. river rafting um, up in uh, near Bakersfield, California. My wow. mother really wanted to do it. She's always like, oh, I got to do you know, wanting to do these adventurous things. But then she got scared when somebody described her, like, like this is serious business and you could fall out. And, you know, like it Uh. was, it wasn't like a touristy thing to do. Like it was, this was a serious physically demanding thing. And, you know, she just got scared and and she, you know, she had a pacemaker and she had uh, by, I think by then, yeah, by then she had a pacemaker and, you know, she was, she was content And, and, She said, Oh, you go anyway. And we said, no, no, we're not going to do that. So we'll just, Mm -hmm. we'll just drive around and look around at stuff. And so we were trying to make something out of this, you know, failed trip (laughs) and we ended up somehow or other, I don't even know how we ended up where we, but we ended up in a field. I guess we just went for a walk and we came upon what looked like an abandoned truck, like a big, like a trailer, tractor Uh trailer. And we sat, my mother and I both sat, each sat in, a, in the, one of the tires. Of, oh. And we were, somehow or other, we were holding these dirty old can, motor oil cans that were strewn around there. <laughs> and we're sitting in the tires. It's a great picture. And my, my, I guess my girlfriend must have taken it. And, um, and I'm being silly. You know, I'm like trying to be funny. I'm pretending that I'm sipping it.
2: Uh, <laughs> but my mother's
3: just my mother's just sitting there, in the sitting in the wheel of a tire, and she's holding the can up, and looking at the camera, and it just looks like she's selling motor oil on a commercial. I mean, it looks like <laughs> it looks like Madison Avenue. on Madison Avenue just decided this is our new campaign. We're gonna oh have Charlotte race wow. with our motor oil in the... So. so <laughs> you know sometimes you couldn't always separate it and um you know and there were times also when i mean our our family life was complicated and uh-huh. uh you know most of all because of my my brother's challenges and he was he was severely developmentally disabled he had uh, a mental illness he was yeah he had a very challenging life and that you know in our family did as a result. And so there were times when the two worlds collided after she became famous. And, um, I was just, this morning, I was describing to somebody we used to, <clears throat> when he was, when he was, um, I guess he was in his thirties, forties. Well, yeah, thirties, late thirties. I was in my early thirties and we used to, but for years we went up, he was in a developmental center about an hour from where we lived. In LA, and one of us or two of us would go up and take him out to dinner. Uh, sometimes we'd have him to one of our houses, uh, but but almost you know every other weekend we'd go up, take him out for to, to the Sizzler, or there was a it was a place called Happy Steakhouse. It was like a like the Sizzler, oh, wow. and <laughs> we would take him for ice cream, and then we would go and then we then we take him to the supermarket and buy all his favorite things to go back with him so that he could have them in the Aww. intervening weeks. And, um, and I remember one time we were in the, we were in one of the, we were walking down one of the aisles and my brother who, you know, had, he was just, he was very interesting, very likable, lovable, but you know, but he looked by then he looked very strange. He was, he was, he's was on a lot of meds. He was overweight. And you could tell like, this was not a regular person. He looked, I mean, to some, if you didn't know him, he could look scary. Although he was not, you know, he was not a, a scary person.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh.
3: But anyway, he turns to my—he were walking down the aisle, and he turns to my mother and he says, "Dance." <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing I know, they're they're dancing like ballroom dancing in the aisle.
2: Oh wow! Of, like
3: burial aisle. She's just like, because she, you know, she's like, if if he wants to dance, you know, because he. Part of his, you know, he was autistic, and so very often he was unrel, you know, he was detached from everyone. I mean, yeah. He was sort of in off in his own world, and so any of, for any of us, whenever he wanted to connect, we always, you know, we would do whatever you know he wanted to do, dance. Let's dance. so they're dancing in the aisle. There, you know, and anyone who happened by would probably thought they were hallucinating, you know, because there's Charlotte Ray, Mrs. Garrett she's dancing with this crazy looking man in the aisle of a supermarket in Oxnard, California, (laughs) you know, and, but she was, she she was completely unselfconscious about it. I mean, she, she knew she was aware that she was recognizable and she was aware that, you know, people would see her, but it just didn't matter to
1: her. And you know know what? I love that you say that. I really do because to me that is, not only unconditional love but that right there speaks more than volumes because i mean that's it's it's kind of like i don't know how to describe it i mean she she basically she like from what you're describing to me like she kept it all together but knowing what's going on
0: yeah it's kind of like her being Mm -hmm. the uh it's kind of like almost her character in facts of life was almost the same as her character at being at home, yeah, in a sense, because you could see her doing yeah. that caring nature in the in the show as well,
3: mhm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she would be the first to say that Edna Garrett was a kind of an idealized version of her. <laughs> Then, you know, again, we're all much more complicated. She was, you know, she wasn't perfect. She Uh had moments where that she regretted that, you know, where she didn't, didn't, didn't always, uh, you know, um, react the way she, she would have liked to. And, you know, where she, her emotions get the best of her. I mean, she's like anybody else. And she was always very, I mean, she hated <clears> the <throat> She hated thinking that anyone would look at her character and her and think themselves somehow not measuring up because they're not like her, like Missus right. Garrett. I think she was the first to say, "I'm not perfect. I'm not that woman. I have uh-huh. flaws. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want anyone to feel bad about themselves by comparison." Wow! Um, wow! And she and she often wanted. You know she tried to get <clears throat> she tried to get the writers and the producers of the show to make her less perfect you know and and she you know she she would you know try like i mean and just as an actress to have more you know more interesting things to play you know not right. to be, but she also understood she understood though she she understood that the show wasn't just about her acting and it wasn't just about um uh, you know, uh, it was, that it was about something much bigger than that. It was that it was influencing young people
2: mm-hmm, and,
3: right. uh, you know, that it was, that, that it had this mission, which she was very much, uh, a part of, which she very much wanted. She wanted the show to have a positive influence. And, and it did. And it I did. actually, I had a, I had someone, a fan of hers reach out to me. He'd actually read, Something I'd written in I, I, one of my columns for USA Today, which I'd written about, about actually about my parents and uh, how their influence their influence on me as a teacher, uh, because they'd never given up on my brother, yeah, even though they they'd even been told by doctors early on to give up on him, to just abandon him to an institution, and that they refused to do it, and that uh, that you know, that it inspired me that I'd never given up on a student in 30 years, no matter what they were, you know, no matter how recalcitrant they were, how many classes they were failing, how much they seem, they seem not to have any chance of, you know, getting through high school or, you know, or getting out of the, the, the getting out of, um, uh, being in a gang and, you know, that I just never, I've never refuse to give up. And I've always pushed other people in the school to like, like it's our job not to give up.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, they wow. they make
3: give up on themselves. We may not see any, any, you may not see any reason to think that they're going to change, but the, the, sometimes their best hope for changing is that you didn't give up on
2: them. Right. You know, right. Somebody
3: mm-hmm. else believes them. Yes. So anyway, I, I, um, um, so I'd written this column, and and one of her uh, um, a fan reached out to me. He told me that the episode of the show, which I don't even I don't even know if i if I saw it. I didn't used to watch the show. I mean, you know, who watches a show with their mother on it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Not very interesting, when you know. But like you're like I, I see you at home, and, and then I see you. Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to tell you I've you know, I've seen parts of episodes in recent years and I, I've watched them and thought like, wow, they really, you know, they really were good. Like not just my mother, but, um, you know, all her co-stars, like, you know, they really were funny. Like they, they, they nailed it. They got, they had those characters down and, you know, they, their comic timing was really good. But anyway, he had, he had seen this episode. Um, it was about, a, I uh, I guess the, you know, I forget which. I don't even know which of the girls were going to her prom, but mm-hmm. it was about drinking at proms and
1: okay, okay. not,
3: you know, and and not getting in the car after the prom when uh, someone's yes, been drinking. I've yes, seen that episode. Yes, I, yes. And, yeah. And this this guy who wrote to me said he he had seen that episode, and at his uh, at his prom, he was invited to get in a car with some people. Mm-hmm. And he didn't because he'd seen it and they had wow. a terrible crash <gasps> and, you know, like wow. he's alive today because of that episode. Wow. So, um, yeah, so that, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, my mother wasn't alive, to, you know, to hear that story, it would have meant a lot to her that, yeah. uh-huh. you know, despite the fact that she wasn't, she wasn't always, she didn't always feel fulfilled as an actress on the show, she always felt like she could do so much more as an actress. Uh Um, she was, it was very fulfilling for her, you know, in many other ways, of course, it opened up, you know, many opportunities to her, for her to to act after the show. Um, you know, and it, it was great. She was always very grateful for that success, but she also, you know, as an actress, she you know, she's always wanting to do more, but I think it would have meant a lot to her to know that, you know, there was some there's something she would have been the first to say that's more important than acting. Right. You mm-hmm. know. And and you know you,
0: you say that and you know, I it it's a shame that programs like you know, I would say almost kinda of like programs like what we're doing with you now, they didn't really exist in prior times to where, you know, Fans can almost express what they actually did for them and give them that kind of information because we get, we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll get stuff from our fans all the time when they'll send us stuff about when we have somebody on the show and they'll send us, oh my gosh, they'll give us these stories. yeah And so we love to forward them to the actual celebrity themselves Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they love that. Mm -hmm. So it gives them the opportunity to find a resource to, to go and, you know, and reach out to. And, and in fact uh we had uh, one that did we interviewed Judy Collins and yes. she was on our show and and uh, we oh, she's
3: a friend of my mother's Oh, that. love Judy. Oh, she yes. She's so fan.
0: talented. Uh, we we almost melted when she started singing during the interview, and I'm like, oh, okay, uh-huh. this is great. Oh, it was wonderful. But yeah, her fan, we had several fans that reached out to us, shared us some of these magnificent stories on how they changed their life, and so you know, we sent it right over to Judy, and she was just ultimately touched and she's like i just never knew that i'm capable of being able to change people's lives and it's like yeah you really you really really are and it's incredible so Mm -hmm. um i wish you're i i I agree with you i wish she would have been around to where she would be able to hear a lot of that but in a a way i want to say that i think she kind of knew it maybe she was a little hard on herself in some cases but i think she knew i would love to say that she knew that Mm -hmm. she had to know that she touched the world in some way she just we just weren't able to get it
3: very satisfied i have to say like you know old age is uh actually she used to say old age ain't for sissies which was a quote <laughs> somebody heard. From
0: somebody. yes you know.
3: and it's it's really true i mean it's you know end of old age end of life this is it's hard it's really hard yeah. and uh and it, you know and and it, it was you know she she had her moments um you know the last year six months but <clears throat> she all she just was very grateful for everything. She just really felt so satisfied with her life, you know, and, and with what she'd done. And it was really, you know, there were, I mean, her regrets, you know, were always about like, Oh, you know, Oh, I wish I had more family time. I wish I had more family time, but right. I mean, that's, you know, I think, I think in a way it's, that's just, I'm sure I'm going to feel that too, but yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how, um, I, I don't know how accurate <clears throat> that's going to be. I, you know, I think it's just something we, I mean, think something we feel, but I think we sometimes right. idealize or we think, you know, I, I was just talking to a, a student today whose, um, her father was incarcerated for most of her life. And wow. she said, you know, now, you know, now he's, you know, he's been out for a few years and now he wants to be a father and, you know, I'm just, and it's not like, you know, there's all this awkwardness and, yeah. you know, and she's describing, you know, just how hard it is and awkward, you know, and I had to say to her, well, it, it is, it is hard. It's hard for him. It's, you know, it's, you know, really hard for you. I mean, you know, you, you deserve to have, you know, a mother and a father in your life. And right. You didn't have it for much of your life. I said, but, but be careful not to idealize what could have been because, you know, my, my, my kids had me around and we have a great relationship, but it's not perfect. And they're, they're, and at, at the age that you're at 17, they didn't really want to be around me very much. Right. (laughs) You know, I was annoying to them and, you know, we had things to work out. There's no there's no ideal and uh right. you know i think ultimately <clears throat> ultimately my mother you know realized that that it's you know we had we had what we had and it was it was great and uh you know i don't think she had any regrets, but right. but she you know, she she certainly was you know very proud of her work and she should have been you know i was right i was um we did a memorial for her um, out here and also in New York, where she had so many, still had so many friends, and uh-huh. and uh, and I have a lot of friends uh, who knew her, and you know, my friends, uh, some of my friends growing up remember her as they they don't remember her as a you know as a famous actress. They remember her just as my mother.
2: Yeah, who, you know, was yeah.
3: always they remember her as like one of the most well welcoming and hospitable parents who, uh-huh. who's. You know, homes they went to. Um, so, but we, but I remember, you know, when we were all talking about her in in central park and uh, remembering her, you know, and I said, you know, she came to this city in 1948 straight from college. And like, she didn't know she was going to make it. <laughs> you have to remember that, you know, most, most people don't have success. You know, they don't reach, Uh, uh, they don't reach the success that they, that they long for when they, uh, you know, whether it's acting or music or writing or, or any art. And she didn't know it was, she was full of uncertainty, as full of uncertainty as anybody else. And, you know, and it didn't happen for her right away. And, um, you know, but she kept at it and, and she always felt like she she was very fortunate. Like she had good breaks, but, but she also had a lot of bad breaks. <laughs> right, she, right. Her, her early career in theater was just one flop after another and one 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 decision after another that proved to be the wrong one. You know, like right. like picking, like she was in a show and then she gets offered another show that seems better, but then the one that she left is the success and the one that she went, you know, like uh. all those kinds of things, they happened to her over and over. Again. I remember In 1966, she was, uh, she was hired to be in a show called Pickwick based on the Uh Dickens novel, Pickwick papers. And it had success written all over it. I mean, it was, you know, it was going to be another Oliver, you know, Oliver Mm -hmm. was, was this, you know, huge hit and this was going to be, you know, the next big Dickens inspired hit. And, um, and I remember the whole summer we were my father was actually in the um he was a musician composer. He was in the orchestra pit in the in the, when they were touring. He ended up writing one of the songs because they needed something added to the show while they were trying it out. We were all over the country. We were all over the midwest, of, you know this you know getting this ready for Broadway. and it got to Broadway, and the newspapers went on strike and the show closed within weeks Wow! <laughs> just wow. over like all that work over like oh, you know over and over again these sorts of things happen and and um you know but but you know she understood she never gave up she loved what she did and um you know i think ultimately she had no regrets she's glad it all went the way it did
0: wow that's awesome that yeah. is really, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So tell me, let's go into your story a little bit. So tell me, how did you separate yourself a little bit from Hollywood and then decide to uh, do what you're doing now, which is amazing, by the way. Again, we haven't been telling you that, but, yes. uh, you know, so, so tell me how. Well,
3: <laughs> come to my classroom and see how amazing.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, you can no, be. I, I, I,
3: I do okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think the kids are amazing
0: I, I you know what I think you do more than okay mm-hmm. and i i you know you might be tough as nails, but at the end of the day it it takes that sometimes to get through even yeah. like people ourselves well,
3: you know you know what's what's funny that you say that it's funny you say that i i used to be i used to be tough as nails now i've become the opposite oh. i'm like um i just i i'm like a i'm like a pushover but i think because because I've experienced and confident and know what I'm doing. Um, the kids don't push me around <laughs> even right. though, uh, even though I've become an, I've become a nice teacher. Um, but, uh, there's, you know, there's just, uh, uh I, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I have to figure it out because I'm trying to help, you know, other teachers assume, you know, the same position, <laughs> the right, same, right. Uh, yeah, the yeah. same, it's much more fun. It's just like, Yeah. It's just like a love fest in my classroom. Uh, I mean, you know, kids, nobody likes to be assigned an essay to write or a book to read. And they all, they always put up resistance, but the resistance is partly just, just uh, by habit.
1: They they
3: know you're going to make them do it and they know they're going to do it or, or try to do it or at least pretend to do it. But, (laughs) um, but I mean, the, the, all the, like the conflict just, uh, most of it just seems, feels totally unnecessary. Except, you know, there are moments when, you know, when a student is just like, so egregious, you you know, you just have to pull them aside and go, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. because they're teenagers are at their most selfish moment in their lives. Right. Hopefully it is. Hopefully they, they become less selfish. I guess not everybody does, but You know, it's there in many ways, they're at their worst and they know it too. Like you ask, you ask students, like, you know, the ones who say they want to be teachers. Most of them, you go like, Oh, what level do you want to teach? You know? Oh, I think I want to teach. Oh, I can't deal with teenagers. They're awful. You know, (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do what you do. Like they know, they know that they know they're, they're at their worst and they know they're hard to deal with. Um, Yeah. So yeah you know, they appreciate if you appreciate them. Um but for me just because I I I just I I, I just love teenagers. I mean I just love, you know, who they are at that moment. Well, and you, you know, when even when they're at their worst. So for me it's easy. You um, understand but, that. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, I, I I I I do just from my just from yeah, just from all the years of doing it. I mean uh I I have to, I, I had a I had a I had a student um or I had a former student I'm sorry, whose son was in my class. Uh-huh. So, you know, second generation. And wow. she was, we were talking about, we were doing, we were having a parent teacher conference and, and um, she's like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, you know, we're talking about some of her son's friends and him and she says, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with these kids. Like we, you know, we, what's wrong with these kids today? We weren't like that. And I uh-huh. said, what are you talking about? I said, you were twice as bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, were,
2: you were way worse.
3: You just he just don't remember. Like you should be proud <laughs> of your son. Your son is like so far ahead of where you were, you know, and this is a woman who's become a professional. She's a, thats great. she's a, there's wow. an MSW and you know, she's, she's an incredible success story but she doesn't remember what she was like
0: right and, oh, that's uh, awesome
3: anyway but anyway to your original question so what ha- well first of all i grew i didn't grow up in hollywood i grew up in new york my you know as i said my mother my parents were in the theater um, uh-huh. we lived we lived on the upper west side not in a very fancy area at all now it is but we lived on 106th street which at the time was you know sort of in the North of 96th street zone where tourists were told not to go. We Uh had a very nice apartment, very nice home, but, but the neighborhood was, um, you know, it was interesting. I mean,
2: Uh I think
3: my, my, my father, my father was mugged on a number of occasions. Um, I was, I, when I was until I, you know, got physically big, um, you know, I had to worry about getting pocket checked, getting, getting robbed.
2: Wow. Uh,
3: my mother, however, would be rec, she'd be recognized for like, you know, a commercial or something. Nobody bothered her. They just want her autograph.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and, uh, and my brother kind of, you well, know, my brother kind of, like I say, he looked kind of scary enough that people didn't bother him. <laughs> but, um, you know, but it was, it was different. I mean, you know, I, I did grow up. You know, backstage, I, I was backstage, you know, some of my, you know, some summers when I was little, but, you know, in many ways that my, my, my growing up was just, I was just a New York city kid, you know, but when I got old enough, I was playing ball at the park and riding yeah. my bike around and I actually grew graffitiing subways with, I was running around with hoodlum friends when I was like 14, 15 years old while my mother was father were busy doing their shows. Wow. So, I had a very different it was like, you know, I I was like spared that you know that sh- And then by the t- that by the time my my mother became really famous, I was basically an adult. And mm. so, I mean, I watched this happen. Uh and my father became very successful too, not famous, but he um know, yeah, I'm sitting I'm in my office right now. I'm right now I'm looking at his He has an Emmy. He had an Emmy Award, Grammy Award, a platinum album for uh, the film Amadeus. He was the music coordinator on that. Oh, wow.
2: Wow! Um, Wow. He
3: worked on a lot of a lot of big films, you know, had his own sort of, you know, behind the scenes, glamorous period. Um, I guess the 80s, somebody somebody once said to me, wow, your family really like, you know, you're like the 80s icon family because. You know, my dad worked on, you know, all of these big movies. Amadeus. He worked on Hair. He worked on the Blues Brothers. Wow. Uh, you know, my mother. Facts of Life was pretty much the whole decade. You know, and then even I, you know, I was in my early twenties then. I was, I wrote, I wrote uh, for the first generation Transformer cartoon. <laughs> oh
1: we my saw goodness, that. Like, yes.
3: yes a little bit a little, <laughs> not not quite as you know not quite as impressive as my parents accomplishments but it's all this sort of you know 80s uh,
1: I think that's know, amazing 80s. I just have to say yeah. that that just like because right there I mean I yeah well I consider it amazing so yes <laughs> yeah so
3: I guess that was our you know that was our that was our peak as a family but um but when we, you know, when we moved out here, I was sort of, you know, I was sort of doing my own thing. And, um, I did actually, I did actually do, I did stand up for a while and I did, uh, I did a, a I little, did a little acting, uh, but I, I discovered it to be just much harder than I imagined. And, uh, you know, and I took some, I took some acting classes and saw that, uh, just saw how hard some of the other people worked and, and how, you know, how good they were and how dedicated they were. And I just didn't feel like I was, I didn't, I just didn't see myself uh, being able to do that. Um, But then Mm -hmm. writing, writing was something that kind of, uh, that I found I had a little more passion for. And also, also for whatever reason, it's so funny. I say like, I was so self-aware that, I was not, I didn't, I didn't have the, you know, the dedication and endurance to do the work that would have been necessary to become a really good actor. But, um, but I was completely delusional about being a writer at the same time. Like if I, if I had any idea how far I had to go to become, you know, a a good writer, I probably would have given up, but I was delusional. I thought I was better than I was for
2: a long time. Oh, And then...
3: And then I managed to get good. And then, then I managed by then I was good enough to, you know, feel like I could, you know, I could keep working at it.
1: Wow. That's interesting. So when people but, say you
3: like, know, you know, what's the secret to become, I, you have to be delusional enough when you're, when you're terrible. Otherwise, it's, you know, then, then you know, until you get good enough to, uh, to be real about what you need to do.
1: But, you know, it's interesting so, you bring that part up too, because like, I feel like what you're doing now and then like your interest in writing, they're sort of like into a blend of one thing because I see that obviously as being an educator, you have a passion for helping students, you know, no matter what they're, uh, what they're going through or situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And with writing, mm-hmm. like you had that passion for, you wanted to do it, you just didn't know on what level, but you still wanted to do it. And I see that as mm-hmm. a blend because you it it's I guess it kind of all ties back to your mom and how she never gave up, no matter what it was. She never gave up.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I definitely owe that to her and uh, and to my dad. You know, they were um, they worked hard and they never gave up. That's right. And uh, and I you know hopefully that's the legacy I'm leaving my own kids you know
0: and i think um, you are i guess
3: you could say workaholic too but
0: yeah
3: <laughs> on the bright side you know never give up you know right. on your dream yeah. um,
0: absolutely you know when
3: i've been at my lowest point as a writer you know i i have said to myself over and over again the greatest accomplishment is not giving up even uh, if you never get to the goal you you know not giving up is the greatest accomplishment
0: yeah. And, you know, and I appreciate you saying that yes. because, you know, we have been, both of us have been at this for quite a few years and well, we've been at it since 2000 and we actually didn't get offered This show until 2019. And as our publicist Mm -hmm. puts it, you know, this is your claim to fame, Um, you know, because you finally you you guys finally made a mark. And now we're doing all these different projects and Mm -hmm. everything we wanted. We had hoped we would have gotten maybe in 2001 or 2005. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and we we look back at our own story at the uh-huh. fact that you know the the times we we had to live on the streets in Hollywood yep. we had to sleep in our car in Hollywood mm-hmm. we had to we, we wow. had no money for food and all that stuff and while mm-hmm. while you know while my <clears throat> parents are sitting there going come back home you have a place to stay you have food on the table it's like but you just don't get it if i come back home i failed because they lived in louisiana so i go Mm -hmm. just for my insight i have to go through this because i want this so bad that i'm going to manage my way through it and we did and so when we slept on the street and in the car it was really generally temporary and and then something happened and We managed to get enough money to get in a hotel room and and keep it going. And then, you know, here we are in 2019 and we had made a lot of connections and just Somebody just happens to say, Hey, look, we're looking for a new show. We've got these great shows that we're going to do. We want you guys to host it. And we're like, Oh, this, so it, that's how it works, mm-hmm. you know? And so I admire you um, saying yes, that. Yes. But,
2: uh,
3: really, I admire you. That's a uh, great story. Thank you. Thank
0: you. We appreciate that. I mean, it. but I want to go into this book. Yes. I love this book, it yes. is so incredible. Oh, my we, goodness. We actually just... read it all day today. Um, because we, renewed, we, we were doing the interview, and I'm like, okay, well, we have nothing going on. It's raining outside. We can't go nowhere, <laughs> you know. And we like to read the books of our guests. Yes, uh, we're probably yes. one of the few hosts that do. So, um, but we do. Mm-hmm. I love this Appreciate book. It. it is so. Uh, personal it's so real that's the word i was looking for yes. it is so real and you don't really see many books written like that unless it comes from a person like yourself that that just wants people mm-hmm. to get it and it, i love yeah. it and so so i guess go, go ahead and tell me what what made you want to write this book now you've written several books i've i've read that what made you oh, want to yeah. write this book this book in well, particular
3: you know i it's funny when i talk about the process for my novels it's all the the chronology of it is <clears throat> is often you know uh out of order because my first published novel i wrote uh i wrote in just a matter of months and ended up being option for a movie uh it was a whole big thing and then but i didn't it, it sort of all just happened in the course of a few years my my last book uh my last novel nows the time was something that i'd written before that but but then had to come back to and and rewrite it and 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 re re reimagine it this one light man uh really it was really my first novel except that it's i've i've revisited and reimagined it many many times over the years as a as a writer Mm -hmm. i've uh the you know, it's, you know, it's, it's autobiographical. Of course, you can Mm. see the, the, you know, the the roach lady, of course, is my mother. And she loved that part. She loved like that, that I had, you know, taken her and turned her into this, you know, this, this distraught mother who channels her, her angst and, and, and guilt and, 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 and rage into this, this beleaguered woman who's besieged by pestilence in her own home and 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 lashes out at these cockroaches and becomes this cathartic thing for new yorkers who are you know who are just sick of all the dirt and and all the menace and misery of their city in the 1970s and so you know that part of course is autobiographical of course the the um the boy Davy, the the mm-hmm. troubled boy, as as uh, Al sees him, you know that of course is my brother, and the younger brother is of course me. Um, but uh, the you know, but the the story the story originally was just very autobiographical, and then it over the years it's turned into something. Else. It's taken on a life of its own, and of course now the protagonist is is not me or anybody he said he's an invented character. He's a character who's he literally appeared one to, in one of the earlier drafts. He just mm-hmm. appeared on the street in my in a scene like, you know, I was writing and he just like came around the corner. He just yeah. sort of crawled out of the shadows. And and you know, and he was sort of a minor character uh and then slowly he just became this much bigger character and I realized that Really, the only way that I could even approach the story of my family or a story about something res- vaguely resembling my family was from an outsider's point of view, that I had to be an outsider. And,
2: wow. you
3: know, and then and then, of course, Al, this 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 character, Al, this young um, you know, Vietnam veteran who's just lost in the world, who has, you know, is, has no family uh i mean no family he wants to be part of mm-hmm. and, and and this that that uh his perspective you know he became this this you know this much bigger character and and his perspective is what i think makes the book what it is now that he's uh-huh. his observations about um you know about mike the the angry light man the 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 guy who can't get inside the theater, who has to run the lights outside the theater because, you know, the union won't let him. Mm-hmm. the won't let him in, and and he doesn't want to play the game. And of course, Arlene, uh, the actress who becomes this New York City folk hero, and you know, but 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 you know, but Mike, this father who does who's trying to fix his broken son and and he can fix anything else, but he can't Mm -hmm. fix this. He can't fix his son. Uh, and then, you know, and then it just, and then it took on a whole other dimension. That's very much now, even though it's a 1970s story, the whole conspiracy thing, the whole, you know, I don't, I don't understand why my life is the way it is. I don't understand my own powerlessness and my own feeling of alienation in the world that I, you know, I don't know where to fit in the world and I don't understand it, but, but there's something, there's something going on I'm going to figure out what it is. You know, the whole, the whole conspiracy that sort of drives both of these men almost to destruction. Um, and it's not, you know, and it's not a paranoid conspiracy Mm -hmm. entirely either. It's a conspiracy based on, which is, which is true. I mean, you know, as, as, as upsetting as it is to hear some of what gets, you know, what gets talked about now and and what people believe now, the misinformation. Um, I mean, there's a reason that it resonates. You know, we, we also, we do live in a world where corporations and governments do things that, you know, that we find out about later and that are very destructive and that, that are very, um, inhumane. And so, um, you know, and that's the world they're living in too. The whole Vietnam era, you know, you had the secret bombings and the Pentagon papers and then Watergate and like, you know, it's, it's, so it's natural, but uh, I mean, as I always tell my students, you know, you can't, if you believe everything, you're a fool. If you believe, if you believe nothing, you're in, you're in the same position of ignorance. You, You can't, you have to just, you have to just develop your facility to see what's real and what's not to sort wow. the two out. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's never been harder to do that. It, 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 you know, isn't it? It's it's never been more difficult to do that. The internet is, we're just like drowning in information. Some of it's <laughs> true, some of it's not. And right. how do we even begin to figure it out? And, and I see a lot of my, a lot of students just say, well, I just don't want, I'm just going to ignore it all. But of course that's not the solution either. It doesn't. No. Very, so, yeah. But but anyway, so that, that whole, that whole contemporary element, and then also just men trying to find their place in the world. Mm -hmm, Um, you know, we've been going through that for, you know, more than a generation where, you know, women finally are, are, you know, starting to have, you know, starting to have some sense of equality and equal opportunity and equal access and, you know, and just equal respect in the world. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, and men are, and, and a lot of what, a lot of what used to, what men used to be entitled to is no lo- is no longer there. It's like, you right. have to earn it. I, I think I was, I was reading somewhere, you know, men used, um, men used to be able to find a, a wife because women were dependent and they needed somebody. And now it's like, you got to step up your game. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know,
3: you got, you're not gonna, you're not gonna find a mate because you're needed. You're going to find a mate because you're wanted.
2: Right. You know, somebody wants to
3: be with you and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to say, well, that's, that's right. That's how it always should have been. But the transition, the adjustment, you know, it's, it's like, it's like telling the coal miners, well, you, you know, you're, coal is dirty and it's going to destroy the planet. Well, that may be true, but what's the coal miner going to do? He's got to, what's he going to do now? That's his life. That's been his family's life. The transition, the adjustment is an earthquake. It's, it's trauma. And, you know, so that's what these two men are going through. Um, and of course, as I'm describing the story, it sounds very grim, but of course, as you know, from reading it, it's hopefully hopefully at least somewhat humorous
1: actually that's what i wanted to bring up because um from the very first chapter i love how it doesn't sound like it's an opening like you're setting the scene you know like very uh, i don't know if eloquent is the word i'm looking for you actually took a totally different approach and you just went right into it and it's funny that's what I love about it too. I mean, it's like realistic experience. Like I'm reading it, I'm like I can totally picture this. I totally feel this. And the part that got me in the very first chapter was when you were talking about um it was the two brothers and the ice cream and uh, yeah. or that one was bigger and one was smaller and um that basically like I guess one of them had like a connection fit or something. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then somebody, I don't know who it was, but brought out some type of a rainbow hat and it just oh, yeah. Calmed no, no, him.
3: the fa- his father, right. His father, Mike, has figured out how to calm his son. Yeah. How to calm his son down. If he right, he's made this hat that has these little this little these little colored pieces of plastic hanging from it. And um, and the sunlight hits the hat and the colors and it calms him. He, he, you know, he's, he's attracted to light and he's, he's calmed by seeing different colors and, and, um, and Al, <laughs> Al, the narrator sees this right. and he's mm-hmm. amazed. Yeah. He's like, because he's never, you know, cause he's never seen anyone calm someone <laughs> like that. And because he, he's picturing himself, what if that was my kid? And what would I do? And exactly. the humiliation and everyone's staring at you in the park and no one's doing anything to help. And then he just has his hat and, and yeah. And it means it's like a transformational moment for him. Like maybe I can be a man in the world like that. Like that's a real man. Mm-hmm. He figure out what to do for his son. That's a, you know, that's a man. I can attach myself to that. Um, and, and he does, but then he finds out of course that Mike is, much more complicated than that.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Well, like I said, it's a great book. Yeah. It is really a great book. And you know, I, I want to get more into it, but we're kind of running out of a little bit of time, but um, Uh, tell me, tell me, tell our listeners where they can find this great book and some of your other books.
3: Thank you. Um, Well, of course, Amazon has, uh, has everything, (laughs) (laughs) including my book. They, the ebook is actually already available and I believe it's available in other, other um, places where you can purchase uh, ebooks. And I know you can pre-order on Amazon. Um, I think you can order a copy now from Kearney street books, who are the publisher Kearney dot com. And, um, but it should be available if you pre-order it on Amazon uh, it should be, it should be available within a few weeks. Um, wonderful and look any and listen any listeners who have a book club and want me to visit them virtually i mean unless they're you know in la somewhere (laughs) (laughs) virtual
0: yeah
3: uh i'm i'm happy i am happy to do so if uh if any book clubs want to read it and uh and have me uh and invite me over virtually by Zoom and uh, you can yell at me and complain to me or ask me (laughs) questions about what was I thinking when I wrote that scene or this other scene or or just talk, you know, talk about the process. Um, I am happy to do that.
0: I I do. And how would they get in touch with you? Just to to ask.
3: Oh, um, they can, uh, like, through Twitter or, um, I don't know, people... People who read my USA Today columns and don't like them seem to always find a way uh, to reach oh. me. <laughs> so I assume, but uh, but certainly, you know, I'm on Twitter. They can DM me there. Um, I don't know. I think my email. People seem to find my email. Oh, um, nice. Strauss at gmail dot com. Well, there it is. There you go.
0: There you go. Or they can <laughs> reach out to us. Nice. And we yeah, can forward it can over forward to it you. To them. Yeah. Right. If right. anything. Sure, well thank you. Well, Larry, you know, again, this was such an exciting conversation. Yes. yes. It's an exciting book. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I actually read the book first before I went to one of your columns that was provided to us. And, you know I uh-huh. uh, I like the column but I like your book so much better.
1: Yeah, and I really like the thank intro you. The, <laughs> I really like the introspective. Yes. I mean, it's just just all the way definitely
0: yes it's it's i can't tell you enough it is a great book and we we see quite a few books On the show and this is definitely one of the top ones that i we we really recommend so uh we encourage our listeners to go and listen to it and larry thank you again so much for being on our show and we really appreciate your time this story and again thank you for being just a teacher i mean at the end of the day you guys deserve a lot of praise you 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 work hard you've worked hard even during the pandemic and we can't thank you enough and and, and so we appreciate all of what you do. And of course, your amazing family uh, for all of the talent and just who they are as well. So thank you for that.
3: Well, thank you. It's been great talking to you.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And you guys take care and uh, good luck with everything. And we look forward to some more books.
3: Thanks. Thanks. All and, right. Uh, good luck with your show. Congratulations
0: celebrating memories and of course this past week of mother's day i absolutely love his personality and everything he's doing to inspire today's youth absolutely we want to thank larry for coming on our show and giving us another great episode of what about our life with chris and will don't forget to come back every week for another great pride update all through Pride season. And of course, we hope to see you at Pride events. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. A link to Larry's book is on our website. So please go ahead and check it out. Plus everything that Tom was talking about today, you can check that out on our website as well. His link is onemagicalweekend.com.
1: That's right. And also you can go to our website at christenwill.com. Follow us on Instagram at Chris and on Facebook at The Real Prince Charmings. We do want to thank all of you
0: for joining us, of course, and keeping us going. Remember to take care of yourself and we thank you. Remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return don't forget to go get your tickets the screening in the orlando events coming up and of course one magical weekend the pride cup and of course la pride yes so go get your tickets at our website but for now this is the prince charmings of podcasting saying with all of our charm we must go for now
1: And until the next episode, we love you guys. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is broadcasted on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast media platforms. Recorded at the Chris Will Studios in Celebration, Florida. This has been a Chris Will production distributed by the Cali, New York Corporation. Copyright Chris Will Studios 2022. All rights reserved. Chrisandwill.com for brand details and additional episode information.